Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. I'd like you to turn your Bibles tonight to uh, 1 Kings. And we'll go to uh, chapter 8, I think, uh, just for a start here. 1 Kings chapter 8. And uh, we'll take from verse 20. Let's see. Uh, always difficult to know where to stop here. Uh, verse, tw- uh, verse 20, I think. First uh, Kings 8 and verse 20. 1 Kings 8, verse 20. And, and uh, Solomon is talking here at the dedication of the uh, material temple. It's referred to as the Temple of Solomon. And the Lord hath uh, performed his word uh, that he spake. And I am risen up in the room of, my, of David my father and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I have set there a place for the ark wherein is the covenant of the Lord Uh, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath who keeps uh, covenant and mercy with your servants that walk before you with all their heart, who has kept uh, with thy servant uh, David my father, that thou promised him, thou spakest also with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that thou promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, so that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. And now, O Lord, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spakest unto thy servant David my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house which I have builded. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee this day, that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place, of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken, and the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place, and hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Pray the Lord will bless his word to our heart tonight. Now, last uh, week I had Peter Sheen uh, take with you uh, on the whole area of character and charisma, and as uh, how, how many were in last term on, on this session? All right, so for those of you who are new in, in this term here, what we've been looking at is a study on uh, some of the kings of the Old Testament, and our whole point that we're wanting to communicate is this that uh, uh, as you go through the 39 kings of Israel and Judah, you'll find that most of them had. Uh, or lacked character. And because they lacked character, they were not able to handle the kingdom. 
And so all these things, as Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 6 and 11, he says, All these things happen unto them for types and examples and are written for our admonition upon whom the, age, uh, uh, the ends of the age are come. So, you know, the whole danger today, in our, particularly in the Pentecostal charismatic world, is, uh, is to have charisma without character. And if we have charisma without character, we cannot handle the kingdom. And most of the kings of Israel, in fact, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the kings in the house of Israel were real bad eggs. I don't know if we can, uh, uh, I was going to try this down here tonight, I'm not sure if it'll work. <clears throat> Before we get into the one we're looking at, uh, you can't see that can you? But uh, I'll just sort of raise it up a little bit as we go here. So what we did in our last term, we particularly looked at Saul who reigned 40 years, and then David, who reigned 40 years. You've all pretty well got a copy of this anyway. If you didn't get one, you can tell me, but uh, we gave this out last term. Uh, David reigned for 40 years, then Solomon 40 years. We're going to look a bit uh, more at Solomon tonight. 120 years over United Kingdom, uh, the UK. Hmm, nobody got that, did they? <laughs> all right, then we have the divided kingdom, after, after uh, Solomon's death. And then from now on we have two kingdoms. We have the, uh, let's see, you wanna, when you want to go up, you go down. We have the divided kingdom. And on this side we have the kings of the house of Judah. Their reign and how many years they reigned. And then on this other side we have the kings of the house of Israel and uh, the years they reigned and so forth and what years. And then we find at the bottom of, of the uh, of the sheet here, let's see here, we find that uh, after the kings of Judah had finished with Zedekiah, they were taken into Babylonian captivity for 70 years and then restored the house of Judah. But the house of Israel was taken into Assyrian captivity and never basically to return to the house of Israel, scattered among the nations. And uh, there's lots of uh, interesting theories about the house of Israel today. But just to simply give you a view, we have two houses, two kingdoms, and uh, all the kings of the house of Israel, they were bad eggs, every one of them, had a kingdom but lacked character and couldn't handle the kingdom. In the kings of Judah, we have about five good kings, but most of them turned out bad. So uh, that's a tragedy here. And so lesson for us, is, as uh, we've had on previous sessions, is the New Testament says that uh, we are called to be kings and priests unto God. We're called to be a kingdom of priests. And as kings and priests, you know, pre the priestly ministry is our worship and our relationship to the Lord. Our kingly ministry is ruling and reigning. So the thing is, can we handle the kingdom? Jesus said to the disciples, it's the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. All right, now we're going to look at uh, um, uh, Solomon a bit more tonight, and then we'll take up another king uh, next week, hopefully. All right, so on your sheet that you've got out, let's, uh, I've given you out, let's just fill in a few things. So number one, the king's name is Solomon, and his name means peaceable. Peace or peaceable. So the king's name is Solomon and uh, the interpretation of his name means peaceable or peace. 
Because David, as we've seen on our previous sessions, David was a man of war. He shed much blood. And so because he was a man of war and shed much blood, the Lord said he wouldn't build the house of the Lord. David got the revelation of the temple, revelation of the house of the Lord. But uh, because Solomon was a man of peace, and the house of the Lord can only be built in a time of peace, not a time of war. So Solomon's name means peace or peaceable. All right, number three. Uh, he's over, as you'll see tonight, actually he's over the, over the uh, whole nation of Israel, the United Kingdom. So instead of Judah and Israel, which house you could just put the United Kingdom. We'll leave number four for the moment. Uh, number five, the length of Solomon's reign was 40 years. 40 years, number, uh, number five. Uh, number six, I forget what his age was at the beginning. I'm not sure if it says particularly. I'd have to uh, check that more fully. But uh, 40 years reign. And then number seven, what is the ancestral background, family details? Just very briefly here, uh, he comes from David. He's David's son through uh, what was then the adulterous uh, or the wife of adultery, Bathsheba. And the Lord judged the first child, judged David for that sin there. And uh, so Solomon is born of Bathsheba. And so he's the... Is the heir to the throne. So his ancestral background, son of David through Bathsheba and becomes heir to the throne. Uh, God appointed Solomon. God said that Solomon was to in inherit the throne. All right, now on, the, uh, on number 80, what character traits does the person reveal? We'll, we'll come to the negative in a little while, but we'll look at some of the, the good points here. I want you to go over to... Um, to First uh, Kings, now let's see, First First Kings. I'll try to cover so many vast chapters here. There's First Kings chapter three. And I'd like you to sort of look at two scriptures at the same time. Uh, one scripture with one eye and one with the other eye, if you can. Um, 1 Kings chapter 3 and then 1 Kings 11. Why don't you sort of open both those chapters? And I want, want you to see the contrast. One is at the beginning of Solomon's reign, and the other is at the uh, getting towards the end of Solomon's reign. And what's happened to the man? So 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3 says, And Solomon, what does it say in your Bible? Solomon loved the Lord. I say good quality, begins off good. He loved the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 11, look what's happened. Verse 1. But King Solomon loved, what does it say now? Many strange women. Uh-uh. What's happened? So, first quality, Solomon loved the Lord. But now over the years, something happens, as we're going to see, things that he violated, and he ends up loving many strange women. We'll see what happens on that. So, on the positive side, I would put, first of all, number one, Solomon loved the Lord. Number two... And this is from 1 Kings 3 and verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord 
And number two here, walking in the statutes of David his father. So number two, he walked in the ways or in the laws of his father David. So he's following in his father's footsteps on the good side. So number one, he loved the Lord. Number two, he walked in the steps of David his father. The statutes that his father David laid down. Number three, these are positive, good qualities and deeds. Number three, all, this is all from 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, he was a very, very humble man in his beginning. Very humble man. Listen to what he prays uh, as the Lord appears to him. In verse 5, um, I'm in 1 Kings 3. Uh, the main chapters we're looking at is 1 Kings 3 and 1 Kings 11. In uh, 1 Kings 3, we're told in verse 5, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. You know, that's always a challenge in my heart. You know, God appeared to me and said, You know, just a flat out, you know, ask what I give you. God, give me a Rolls Royce, give me plenty of money, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. But uh, so what would you do if the Lord appeared to you and said, Look, just ask what you like? Just, uh, it's an open check. Signed by my name, just write what you want. What would you really ask for? You know, it's a good challenge to your heart. How many would think so? So, verse 6 Solomon said, You have showed great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But listen to the humility. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. If only he'd maintained that childlike humility over the years, then Solomon's story would have been different to what we're going to see tonight. I'm a little child. And you know, Jesus said when uh, the big 12 apostles were chasing the kids away from Jesus, you know, take your kids away. The master's too big to be bothered with kids. And Jesus said, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus took a little child up in his arms and he said to the big 12 and to the multitude, except you humble yourselves and become as little children. Now, he didn't say become childish. It's a difference. But he said, except you humble yourself and become as little children, you will in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. The humility of a child. And Solomon starts off good quality. He loved the Lord. He walked in the ways of his father David. And number three here, humility, the humility. I'm, I'm a little child. I don't know how to come in and go in. You know, he could have said, hey, buster, I'm, I'm king. You know, I've got the king, kingdom now. I've inherited the kingdom. And all the wealth that my father David got from the battles of the Philistines and that, you know, I'm, I'm big cheese. Someone would have said probably rats, you know. So I'm a little child, I know not how to go out and come in and listen to his prayer. All these are good qualities. And, and, uh, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. So he recognized the greatness of the people of God. They'd inherit a kingdom and, 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 and God's people are great people. 
And what's he asked for? Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. And listen to what the Lord said. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor asked riches for yourself, and you've not asked the life of your enemies. Wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, he didn't ask for long life. May I live forever. Or, you know, riches. Or let me zap all my enemies. But you've asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I've given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have given you also what you have not asked, riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Now listen to the conditional promise. So if, you can circle that word if, if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast before the Lord. All right, so let's go to number four, uh, just covering a lot of chapters here. Good qualities, divinely given wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Those, those three words, they were, as you correspond, the Chronicles record and the Kings, they were the three things he asked for. Give me wisdom, give me knowledge, give me understanding. Uh, here's the definition of those three words. It's very simple, but I got it from a student in uh, Portland Bible College when I was teaching on the Kings, and uh, it was the best definition I've seen, and I took it off the student and used it since. Uh, so wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. What's the difference between those three things? Okay, let me say it first and give you time to write down. So we would say uh, knowledge is possession of, of the facts, understanding is interpretation of the facts, Wisdom is application of the facts. So let me say that again. So just put, uh, put it in that order. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Those three things. So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is possession of the facts. So you have a lot of knowledge. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge. Possession of the facts. You know all the facts about a thing. Knowledge. But you can have a lot of knowledge and lack understanding. How many have knowledge how to drive a car? Ladies, do you understand how the car works? What makes it tick? That you need oil in the radiator and water in the engine? <laughs> See, uh, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> a lot of ladies, a lot of men, they know how to drive a car, but they, have, they don't understand one thing, how, what makes the thing tick. So, un, uh, so knowledge is, is, uh, is possession of the facts. Understanding is the interpretation of the facts. You can have knowledge but lack understanding. And then you can have knowledge and understanding, but wisdom is the application of the facts. How can I practically apply what we're talking about tonight? So, you know, in, in, uh, in our action night, we try to do this, you know, uh, give knowledge, information, and uh, understanding, interpretation, and wisdom application, another way of saying it. So wisdom is applying the facts. How can I practically apply this 
to my life. I think we've already got enough lessons there, you know, that we must love the Lord, walk in the ways of the Lord, and uh, have the humility of a child. Then, so number four, he's uh, divinely granted wisdom, or his knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Number five, these are just very brief here. Uh, number five, the building of the house of the Lord, that that was the top priority in his life, the building of the house of the Lord. All those chapters are given to the, the temple of Solomon or the house of the Lord, uh, he, he, his uh, building of the house of the Lord. Number six, tell me if I'm going too fast, number six, he's, uh, uh, those of you here for a dedication day, I minister on this bit, uh, his consecration of himself as a living sacrifice. His consecration of himself as a living sacrifice. For those of you who may not have been here, let me just uh, remind you what happened. On the, on the dedication of Solomon's temple, we have the uh, two great courts of the temple, of course, and then we have the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant in here, we have the golden altar, we have uh, ten, uh, ten golden tables here, of showbread and ten golden lampstands, and then we have the great molten sea here and the great brazen altar here. Well, what Solomon did on the dedication, he built a brazen scaffold or bronze scaffold, and the significant thing about it was it was five cubits by five cubits by three. And uh, so what he did after he built that, he got up, he stood on it, then he knelt down, and he lifted up his hands to heaven and began to pray that tremendous prayer. More, I think there's about 91 verses given over to the prayer of Solomon. It's the longest prayer, greatest prayer in the total Bible, except the prayer of the Lord Jesus. Now, the significant thing is this, that back in the, in the tabernacle of Moses, the altar brass there was five by five by three. So what Solomon is actually doing, he makes this brazen scaffold the exact size that the brazen altar was in the tabernacle of Moses, and he presents himself actually a living sacrifice to the Lord. And after that, we, we, we are told the fire of the Lord fell, the glory of the Lord fell, and out from the glory came the fire. The glory of the Lord fell in here, the glory fell on the ark. None of the priests could minister, and out from the glory came the, came the fire over to here and burnt the sacrifices. Now, number, number seven here, you could just make this, and there's so many, but just uh, that's enough for here. Uh, the Lord appeared to Solomon twice. He had two divine revelations of the Lord. The Lord appeared to Solomon twice. And he gave him tremendous covenant promises and said, if you walk in my way and walk in the way of David your father, following my statutes, then your throne will just continue forever. But if you disobey my word, then uh, I'll bring judgment on you. And he said, I'll destroy this house that you've built. And the nations around will say, why has the Lord done this to this house? So Solomon had tremendous promises, tremendous blessing, tremendous revelation of God, God appearing to him twice. Now, we want to go over to the negative side, but I want you to go down uh, or go back to Deuteronomy chapter 17, and if I remember correctly, uh, Mark uh, did, or he was supposed to do, this uh, way back in the beginning of last term. So let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 17. 
And we're going to sort of combine here negative evil qualities and deeds and laws for kings violated. So, you know, as we, we see such a, a pattern here that Solomon, you know, began, he began well and then over the years something happens and we see this decline and uh, we, we, we hope he's, he came back to the Lord before he died. We assume he did. But uh, I wouldn't like to risk it, would you? Ask your question, would you? <laughs> Lessons, you know. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 17, Moses gives uh, the laws for the kings that would uh, arise in due time. And I've got them on the overhead just in case uh, you didn't get them previously. And I want you to see how Solomon, who knew this, the laws that he violated. So we've got under number nine there, laws for kings that he violated. And it's just unbelievable to see how Solomon just blew it. After having such a revelation of God, the glory of the Lord, building the house of the Lord, all that tremendous thing in the beginning of his years, and then what happened. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, and I'll read from verse 14. Deuteronomy 17, verse 14. And I believe Moses is speaking prophetically here. So he says, When you are come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king over me like as all the nations that are about me. And boy, that's exactly what they have said. You know, let us make as a king like all the other nations that are around about us. So, you know, Moses is sort of speaking prophetically here. So he says, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee whom the Lord your God shall choose. One from among your brethren shall you set king over thee that thou, may, thou mayest not set a stranger over thee which is not thy brother. Now listen to the laws here. He shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said unto you, you will not henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him. And he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand and not be a right winger or to the left, a left winger, but just keep right down the track there, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now, if you didn't get this, I'd like to put this over here. These are the ten laws of the, the ten things involved in the king, so I'd better rub this out. It will look interesting. I'll say them just in case you can't see them, but I'll try and come up with a better idea next week for doing this. Okay, these are the the laws of the kings here from Deuteronomy chapter 17. Number one, he must be chosen from their own brethren, not a stranger, not someone out the, outside the chosen nation. He must be chosen from among the brethren. Number two, he is not to multiply horses himself. Now, as you see tonight, we're going to find that Solomon bombed out on most of this. Scripture is so clear. 
And so we see the reason why Solomon declined. So number two, he is not to multiply horses to himself. Number three, he is not to cause the people to return to Egypt. Now all this will become very significant once we get back to 1 Kings chapter 11, which I have to move to. Okay, number four, he is not to multiply wives to himself. Number five, he is not to multiply silver and gold. Number six, he is not to be lifted up in pride above his brethren. Number seven, he is not to go to extremes. He is not to turn aside to the right hand or to the left. It's interesting, uh, you know, how much the Lord talks about this. He said that, uh, that uh, you know, we are to walk in the way of the Lord and that uh, if you go to turn to the right hand or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, hey, this is the way, walk in it. When? You won't hear the voice of the Lord all the time, but you hear the voice when? When you go to go to the right hand or to the left and you start to get off the road, you hear a voice saying, hey, this is the way, walk in it. So extremes, avoid extremes. That's what I'm saying here. A lot could be said on that. Extremes in churches where they go too far to the right, too far to the left, you know. Number eight, he's to write a copy of the book of the law. Number nine, he is to read, learn, keep, and do the words of the law. And number ten is the promise. You do these things, I'm going to prolong your days in your kingdom. Now I want you to go over to 1 Kings chapter 11, and you know our time's almost gone now. 1 Kings chapter 11, and I want you to pick up and put on your notes the order you want to. There's a lot of scriptures here. I'll try and give you uh, additional references here. All right, 1 Kings chapter 11, and it starts off with that little goat word, but. I mean, you know, that's a, a goat word. Uh, all goats always, but. The sheep say, Amen. Oh, all right. All right, but. King Solomon loved many strange women. Now, let's just read it, and you pick up these things where you can put it on, on your notes here on those seven points. The laws for the kings violated. I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll sort of try and bring our comments to a close here. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Where's Pharaoh come from? His daughter. Egypt, women of the Moabites, Moabites the Ammonites, the Edomites, Zidonians, and the Hittites. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. So he begins his, his kingly reign with Solomon loved the Lord. We come now to the close, but he loved many strange women. And I wouldn't want to pollute your minds about some ministers I personally know who have been involved with so many women. Unbelievable. Uh, you would fall off your seat if I told you. I want you to notice the key word in this passage here and the laws that he violated. We'll continue reading. The key word is turn, and I've, I've circled. Notice how many times it, were, it depends if you're in Old King James and New King James here. All right, so verse 2, they will surely turn away your heart after their gods. So departure from the true God, 
who had appeared to Solomon twice to other gods. He loses his love for the Lord and now loves many strange women. He clave unto these in love. Verse 3, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives, note the next use of that word turn, his wives turned away his heart. Wives, you don't realize how much power you have over your husband. My wife turns my heart to herself, of course, and to the Lord. Is that right, Rini, dear? She just walked in, so... All right, verse 4 again. For it came to pass when Solomon was old. As I said to you on previous occasions, the thing that has concerned me and helped me over the years as I've studied characters of these kings is why is it that they had a good beginning but most of them when they got to their old age, something happened. And I just pray, Lord, as Kevin Connor gets older, that nothing turns my heart from the Lord. I want to love the Lord with all my heart and walk in the ways of the Lord. Can you say amen? You too. All right, so when, he's, uh, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned, there it is again, turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect. See, all those can go under negative, evil qualities and deeds. Uh, his heart was not perfect with the Lord God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, all these you can sort of, for your own sake, put down the evil deeds here. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. You'll notice that all the way through, as David his father, as David his father. Now it gets worse here. Then did Solomon build a high place to Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is put before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Can, you know, I can't comprehend that. I mean, you know, a man has built the house of the Lord, seen the glory of God and God's appeared to him and started off so well as they, his heart's turned away. Now he sets up all these idle temples for all his wives and all these idolatrous temples and, you know, all the gods from turning from the living God. You know, I don't know how many remember the old, old song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We all have a bias towards sin. It's the law. See, the law of sin in us is the law of gravity. It's the downward pull. And unless we get into the law of aerodynamics, a higher law than the law of gravity, the gravitational law of sin will keep pulling us down unless we learn to walk in the Spirit, not after flesh. How many can say amen? All right, and he, so in verse 8, Likewise did he for all his strange wives with burn incense and sacrifice unto the gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned. Notice verse 2, turn away your heart. Verse 3, turned away his heart. Verse 4, turned away his heart. Verse 9, he was turned from the Lord, the God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded him. Now I want to give you some other scriptures here just before we finish. And uh, under, under, the, under number nine here, why don't you put these down? We'll try and uh, pull this part together. All right, number one here. 
He multiplied to himself uh, wives. Let's uh, pick up this here. Number four, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter which number it is here anyway. We, we can just put it all down. I'm trying to, uh, I'll try and follow the order here. Uh, go, go back a little bit if you don't mind. Number one, he multiplied horses to himself. And just put down some scriptures here. First uh, Kings 4.26 and First Kings 10, verse 26 to 29. And it tells you how he sent down to Egypt and got all these horses, multiple, multiplied horses. First Kings 4.26, First Kings 10, 26 to 29. Number two, he multiplied wives to himself. That's in the passage we've just read. He multiplied wives. Number three, and pretty well following the laws, he caused the people to return to Egypt in the sense he, 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 he established an affinity with Pharaoh of Egypt and married one of his daughters and just that whole Egyptian-Israelish thing. So that's number, number three, caused the people to return to Egypt. Number four, he multiplied silver and gold. And listen to this one. I'll just give you the scripture here. Put down 1 Kings 10, 14 to 29. 1 Kings 10, 14 to 29. And did you know what the, uh, the, um, the amount of the silver and gold he got? 666. You read those chapters. 666. All the silver and gold that Solomon got from the different nations is stamped with 666 on it. Isn't that amazing? And it's interesting, the book of Revelation and the New Testament, two Greek words that have the numerical value of 666 is wealth and tradition. Uh, number, where are we up to? Number five. We better quit. Looks like everybody's quit. We'll, we'll take a few moments next week to finish on this. How many feel you've got some lessons out of that? Let's, let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for the lessons that we learn from these men. We pray, Lord, that it'll not just be uh, knowledge, information, or understanding, interpretation, but wisdom, application to our own lives. Help us, Lord, to always love you and not to have our hearts turned away from following you. Seal your word to our hearts. Keep the birds away from picking it out of our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. We'll pick this last bit up next week. For more in-depth teaching on Israel's kings, be sure to see Kevin Connor's book, Kings of the Kingdom, available from word.com.au, from amazon.com, and also in PDF format on Kevin's website, kevinconnor.org.